Before today's episode starts, just a quick one from us. If you're currently listening on Apple and Spotify and you enjoy listening to Strike It Big, consider leaving a five-star review along with what you thought of the pod. As the more reviews we get, the more the podcast grows and the bigger and better the guests get. Thanks in advance. Bring on the pod. Today's guest went from living in a trailer park to multi-millionaire, is a close friend of Andrew Tate and has flown all the way from America to be here today. It is, of course, Justin Waller. This year alone, I'll do probably 35 million in revenue across all my businesses. Nobody wants to hear, oh, you're big, strong, handsome, rich, and you got a bunch of women, you. I think that most young men just want to get to a place in their life where they have freedom, and I certainly have an abundance of freedom and choice in my life. So you're a great friend of the Tate brothers. What's the latest? On what planet do two six foot three, six foot four, multi-millionaires, handsome as world traveled, speak well, articulate, gentlemen need to do that. I would leave my girl and my bank card in Tate's room for a week, and I know for a fact I'd sleep like a baby that week. Whereas recently I shoved all the money into hiring new people, new cameras. I probably spent over 100,000. I could have bought a property or something instead. I think the problem with the world is weak, man. I don't think it's women. We are lazy. We don't do the things it takes to get us in abundance. What I'm promoting here is be in a position where you can let that woman go and she knows you can replace her. It's a lot easier to negotiate when you got all the damn chips. Right, boys, big, big pod today. Yep. Big, big but, pod. But before that, there's a debt to be paid. A bet is a bet. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Hang on a minute. What, what is this for? He done me for an absolute kipper on <laughs> the most stupid bet ever. What was it again? The hotel. Um, I asked you to book a hotel oh, yeah. for us. Yeah. And uh, you, you left it to the last minute. Yep. And uh, you said, oh, Sounds it's only going right. to be about 50 pounds, 60 pounds, around that sort of area. I said, you'll be lucky to get it under 90. He said, oh, I definitely will, 50 quid easy. I went, okay, I'll give you a bet. You won't get it for under 70 then. 10 pound bet? Yeah. What was it? 72 pounds. You know, get in. The, 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 the people watching probably think this is so embarrassing. We're on the Strike a Big podcast and you've done a £10 bet. And do you know what's funny? Why don't you do a bigger yeah, one? Well, Mark- well, because I don't want to ruin someone. I don't want to take loads of money off them. It's more the passing of the bet, isn't it? And I'm sure we'll have another bet and that'll be a £10 well, bet. Well, you're just proving and- that you're alpha. Yeah, and the thing with that £10 bet that time, you will probably lose again. I'll get another tenner. See, the thing is, Mark usually only bets like £1, maybe £2. You see him at the roulette table, it's embarrassing. And the one time he goes for a big £10 bet, he wins. Right, on that note, today's guest went from living in a trailer park to multi-millionaire, is a close friend of Andrew Tate, and has flown all the way from America to be here today. It is, of course, Justin Waller. Woohoo! Welcome to the podcast, bro. Pleasure to have you. Glad to be here. <laughs> so, Justin, let's start off with a hard one. Why should people listen uh, to you? Well, you know, I th- I think that particularly a young man should listen to anybody who has gone through the years and the time. You know, I'm 37. I've been able to create multiple businesses. I have three businesses that do multi seven figures. And so this year alone, I'll do probably 35 million in revenue across all my businesses. And I grew up in either a trailer park or a bad area of town. Now I buy them and own them. And so I think that most young men just want to get to a place in their life where they have freedom. And I certainly have an abundance of freedom and choice in my life. And I think regardless of what you want to do with your life, freedom and choice should be the goal. And even if I was, if I was talking to a young man or if I was parenting a child, I would say, listen, this is how the world works. This is the truth of the world. I'm going to love you regardless of what you do. All that my goal is for you is for you to understand how things work so you can create choice in your life. So for any young man that, that looks at me 
and, and I'm looking to give him advice create so much abundance in your life that you have choice. And that's why I would say a young man would, would want to listen to somebody like me because I certainly have choice and freedom. So you're a great uh, friend of the Tate brothers and everyone's hanging on for an update. What's yeah. the latest? They're doing well, man. It, it It's easy to sleep well when you know you've done the right thing. There's zero doubt in my mind that Andrew and Tristan, zero, zero, zero. Um, the biggest, the biggest dilemma I think that we're looking at right now is not whether they're innocent or not, is whether they're going to get a fair shake, whether, whether it's actually going to be a fair trial. You know, they're, look, they're, when you walk in, I said this yesterday on a podcast, when you walk into their front door, you walk about 10 steps, there's a little mini bar, and then you walk into the big living room where he did that final message on Rumble. And if you look directly to the left, there's about a 70-inch TV with 20 little screen show like all the camera footage is there if they need evidence andrew could give it to them why not just use that mm. it's very very clear and, and then here's another thing if you look at the allegation itself on what planet do two six foot three six foot four multi-millionaires handsome as fuck world traveled speak well articulate gentlemen need to do that mm. andrew and tristan's biggest problem is which girl to pick I can assure you, <laughs> I've been at the tables with them. These these are not slouch men in any way. It, it's it's the most obnoxious a- accusation that I could even think of. Like, come up with something else, you know. Write a hurt feelings report. Maybe they hurt a bunch of people's feelings, you know, by telling them the truth. Tell them they were brokies. Okay, fine. But he also probably saved a bunch of guys' lives doing that. So I think people just generally hate hate to see somebody win like that. Andrew's obviously very outspoken. He knows what he's doing when he's baiting people into upsetting them. And I think that uh, he did what he had to do to play the media. He's very good at that game. And right now, he's just going through the trials and tribulations of anybody that does anything great. Every man that does something great will go through fire. And Andrew's just Mm. walking through his. Do you think he's just become too powerful for the powers that be? And they just want to cane him back a little bit? Yes, sir, I do. I think that's a great concern because he has the hearts of young men. You know, you might ask a 40-year-old who is Andrew Tate, and he might not know. I challenge you to find a 15-year-old that doesn't know. The funny thing is, I think most of the 40-year-olds do too as well. Like whenever we get in a taxi or a new And they do now. They do now because because we're like, what? You don't know about Andrew Tate? It's just crazy Mm. that they don't know. Yeah, and and look, and I think it's very few and far between. I think that you could ask most anybody now because I'm pretty sure if he's not still, he was the most Google man on the planet. And and so for that reason, you're gonna you're gonna come under a lot of fire at some point, or somebody's gonna have something to say. I think what's very challenging to the system or the matrix, if you will, it's not a word I particularly use, but Andrew uses the word the matrix. I think what's so dangerous about Andrew to them is the fact that he's got the hearts and minds of the next generation that's supposed to go work for the system. Mm. And he's telling them where the system should put it what's amazing is i had a couple of uh, young lads lads come in the shop the other day in one of my stores and uh, they were talking they said oh mark we watch you on youtube and all the rest yeah, of it yeah. and uh, you've met andrew what's he like so we had a bit of a conversation and they said to me do you know what we're not even allowed to mention his name at school and they said the crazy thing about it is there was probably about a third of the school knew about him but as soon as you're told you can't mention his name, suddenly everyone in the school knows about him. Yeah, it's a mistake. It They're making a mistake. him a martyr. It's like the same thing that's happening to Trump right now. It's like if you make somebody a living martyr, all you're going to do is pour gasoline to that fire. Mm, it's crazy. My, my old school is hosting after-school sessions with parents and teachers just to talk about tape. 
It's amazing, isn't it? So is he adapting his plan now that obviously it's all blown up and he's got put into prison? Is he changing the way he approaches things or just still going down the same path? I I don't, I can't speak to that. Mm -hmm. I suspect knowing Andrew that he had a path all along. I don't know if he thought that it was going to be taken to this extreme. Like he knew he was going to be canceled. I believe he said that when he was on the show with he you did, guys. Yeah. He knew. He didn't know it to what amplification it would be done. What I hope for Andrew as his friend and somebody that loves him very dearly is that he start, and I suspect that he will do this, start to show the other side of Andrew. See, there's Andrew online and then there's the Andrew the world never sees. And I often mm. say the best part of Andrew is the part the world never sees. Because, and, and that's one thing I've learned a lot from this. And one thing that I took from this experience with seeing Andrew go through this is that I, I was born in the 80s, right? And so growing up in the 80s and 90s, particularly in the deep south in America, it was have humility, be seen, not heard, talk with your work ethic. If you do something nice, keep it private. But I don't think that's a good idea moving forward. Because he does all of this charity, he does all of this work, he does all of these kind things for people all the time and nobody knows about it. I hope and pray, and I have learned myself to start posting, when I do something nice for somebody, I hope, I'm going to put it online, and I hope that he starts to show that beautiful side of him, that kind side of him. The, the side that you probably meet that was very polite mm. when the cameras aren't on. Well, to be honest, I, I, when think, they were on, I, I think he yeah, came across both. really well on our podcast. Right. And if people haven't watched uh, the podcast with Andrew uh, that we did, they should watch it because um, we weren't digging. We weren't trying to get to any message from him. We just wanted him as he is. We let him speak and right. he was great. Yeah, I'm biased, but I think it's the best pod he's done. <laughs> good because yeah. you're on it I really liked a TikTok I saw the other day where I think it was his niece he was like hugging his niece or something like that and right. you could see that other side of him and yeah because didn't Tristan not see his little girl the whole yeah. time he was in like a newborn baby and he hadn't seen it at all hadn't seen her so has your relationship with the Tates impacted your life absolutely man absolutely in every way I'll tell you I had a lot of internal growth you know come like before I joined the war room let's say I had my life pretty squared away, but there was something missing. You know, I was still dealing with that small town mindset. You know, I needed to see the world. I needed to understand geopolitics and that, like really get the big picture of the chessboard. And, and no, they've both been very impactful. And I think the number one thing that they've been impactful is actually really just personally. I, f I was in a place in my life where I felt like nobody understood me. Like I couldn't go to my buddies and be like, yo, somebody owes me a million bucks. But with Andrew, a bunch of people owe him a million dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I felt accepted for the first like for the first time. Like nobody wants to hear, oh, you're big, strong, handsome, rich, and you got a bunch of women. Fuck you. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? And yeah. and so having them not only be able to accept me exactly because it takes a lot to be Tate's friend. Or let's say even in my hometown to be my friend. It takes a lot to stand in that fire, especially from where I come from. You know, it's so to have friends that I can fully be myself and they want to see me win completely and truly mean it. And, and you can chase them and you can work together. And I learned so much about the world, you know, from the guys, because I think they've been what, 72 countries. Yeah. Well, I went to 15 countries last year and, and just previously a few years ago, I'd probably been to like four. Mm. You know? And traveling widens your horizons. Yeah. So very, yes, sir. Good. So much. You get to mm. see, you get a perspective on life that, you just realize that the world is so much bigger than mm. your small town in South Louisiana. And you start to see patterns and you start to see 
how other cultures move and how things really are. And I, I do, I, I completely agree with you. It and you see the propaganda up. as well against the countries yeah. that uh, certain uh, governments don't like. And, right. Uh, you know, it's not real, is it? So No, it's not. Going back to the friends, I mean, I always say you'll always fit my best friends on five fingers. Basically, right. there's five people that will be my best friends all the time. To have more than that really is is not possible, I don't I co- think. I completely agree. You know what I say about that? I say anybody that thinks they have more than a few friends probably don't have any at all. Hmm. No, I completely agree with you. No, you're, you're joking. They've got several million on uh, Facebook or something like that. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, like yeah, them. Yeah, well, they're true friends. All right, leave them, leave them with your <laughs> bank card and your girlfriend for the weekend and see how that goes. Yeah. So how do you tell a true friend then? What are the, the measures that you put them through? Well, I just, I really kind of just stated them off. I, to me, the very, like you could give a very hallmark answer, you know, a storybook answer. But to me, if you want to get down to brass tacks, I would leave my girl and my bank card in Tate's room for a week and i know for a fact i'd sleep like a baby that week i would have nothing to worry about but tate's a human trafficker (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have to hit this guy on this podcast you're in striking distance i I shouldn't be this close so you say the tates have impacted you positively everybody they touch have impacted them positively the only people that hate the tates are people their life was already shit and they're just mad and i didn't mean to cut you off that's right but have you had any negativity since they were arrested during that time period Oh, I get it every day. Okay. Particularly on Twitter. Yeah, no, I get attacked for it. I don't care. Twitter's mm. the Wild West. Yeah, man. <laughs> Crazy. I, I get, but I, I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it on all platforms, mostly Twitter, because we know Twitter's the most aggressive, right? Yeah. But listen, man, like I, I, I've done real business in the real world. I've dealt with real stress, real pressure, schedules, deadlines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I know some, what you're saying. Yeah, some, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Some dickhead talking shit behind an avatar on Twitter means nothing to me. You know, making a payroll when when you have a huge AR and and trying to build a business and taking a second mortgage on your house, that's pressure. Like, yeah. And so, not being able to make that payroll or almost. Or almost. Almost. Yeah. I've never missed one in Nor 13 have I. years. Nor yeah. have I. And I think it's the most important thing because yes, that trust between you and your employees is paramount. And you don't pay them once. That's, that's a big trust break. It'll never go away. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the war room earlier. What is actually involved in that? And I've seen like it's a five grand to join or something. And yeah, five grand is annual. Is it one off pay? Oh, it's an annual payment. Yes, sir. It's annual. Right. A lot of people think that it's month to month. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. $5,000 for, for what those young men are getting. You know, you have guys, you know, particularly in the Western world, the way the laws are, is not only will you make money and not only is the best network in the world, but we're helping these young men not step on landmines that they would have stepped on. You know, how much is a divorce going to cost you? You know, how much is getting your heart broke going to cost you? So it's like insurance. Oh, in- insurance is an understatement. <laughs> so there, there's multiple events that are done on all these different subjects. I believe there's buckets in life as a man. You know, you, you have the money bucket, but that bucket can fill up. If you can get to a certain amount of money, but if you're a fat slob or you don't understand women, you have no frame, all you're going to do is get wrecked and they're going to take it from you. You know, if, if you if you don't know how to walk into a room with people that have a high net worth and know how to act and move and be respectful and shake their hand and look them in the eye and do those types of things, they're going to smell it on you because they have all this experience. We're developing young men. It's, it's like having thousands of sons in there and all of us are chipping in when they ask certain questions on certain skill sets. Like we are literally fathering these young men and 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 having guys as brothers like not all of them are younger than me and 
you know, there's some guys in the war room that are worth tons, tons, tons more than I would, I am. And what it's really about is having a group of guys that have come together that feels that are strong and take it on the world together. Another thing that we're doing together that I think is very, very impactful is the real world. The real world. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's the difference between the two? Because they're so, both a subscription. Exactly. Right? So the war room is annual, mm-hmm. but the real world is $49 to not sit in front of a professor that's never owned a business to learn directly from a gentleman that owns a business that is doing it right now today. And everybody in that room is right now today doing that business, helping you solve problems. The good thing about the real world is you're getting real answers in real time for real money. There is no report card. There's a paycheck. The real world is the best school in the world, in my opinion. And the reason is you could go to Harvard and go get in six figures of debt, or you could pay $49 a month and learn from a guy that's making money right now. Literally right now. Where else Where else in the world are you going to get it? I don't know. So do you think um, normal universities are scam then? Because it's like not- you said, they're not learning from people that have actually done the business. Well, I think that anybody that's not going to get a degree that's directly going to tie like a, a doctor, a pharmacist, a lawyer, you know, a yeah. nurse. Like I don't, I don't think going to get a criminal justice degree or uh, an arts degree or some nonsense like that is at, and do I want to call it a scam? I think it's a good way to put people in debt and get people to stay in the system, particularly in a Western yeah, nation. 100%. Yes, sir. I do. I think, I think you could probably do open heart surgery off of YouTube at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, probably. Yeah. Or you could, I wouldn't want someone doing open heart surgery. And, on, and on I wouldn't. YouTube, and and yeah. so like, yeah, go to college. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. But, but these people that are, that are getting these degrees that are kind of worth, and they're just doing it because it's the next step in their life. These young men are, these young men that are joining the war room, they're not doing that. They're skipping it. And I wish if I could go back, if the real world existed when I was coming out of high school and YouTube was as big as it was, and I had the information that maybe my parents aren't right, that maybe my teachers aren't right, I would, I'd pay money right now to get that four years back. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I really would. These, I, there are kids in the real world right now making more money than their parents. I got kids working for me that make more money than their parents. And it's all because what we're doing online together as a unit. And I couldn't be happier to do that. I could go do my own, own thing, like start a group and all that. I don't want to. I don't want to. So where do you come into it business-wise? Because you mentioned doing it together. So how are you involved in it yeah, so, with it? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, I, I just started a channel and Tate saw that. And we, we had already been friends and we we're in Miami and, and Andrew's like, yo, come, come eat dinner with me. And he's like, listen, I think you're gonna kill it. I really do. He's like, I think you got everything it takes to do well. You know, obviously you made real money in the real world. That's something that a lot of other people don't have, especially in the online space. I think you can get a lot of respect for that. For that reason, I think you're going to get a lot of collabs. I've already built this thing. I trust you. I think that we should work together to make what I'm doing even bigger. And the way I personally look at that is I'm trying to win championships. And I'm also trying to spend my time with people I love. And I don't love many people more than I love those two boys. In fact, I can't really think of anybody. Um, outside of, you know, maybe family or something like that. So to me, it was a no brainer decision because I would never let my ego get in front of the brotherhood. You know, I, I could easily go start a group. Don't want to, don't want to. I would much rather do something that's already helping young men all over the world and let's pour some fire on it. I'll sit here and talk about the real world and the war room and Andrew all day if we have to, because I know the net benefit of that is that we win as a unit. Do you think brotherhood is something that we're losing? Absolutely, I do. Because even amongst real brothers, that's something that we're losing. It's a single player friends. game. 
a lot of times. It's a single player game. Nobody trusts anybody. And if you don't have trust, especially in business, you don't have speed. And if you don't have speed, it's really hard to make money. Mm. It really that, is. That brings me on to why are we losing respect for guys that do real trades as well? Because I know that's close to your heart and it's very much close so. to mine. Very much so. So there's a lot of things that I think have to do with that. I think when we went off the gold standard, we got ourselves in a position where two people had to work. And then when two people had to work, then that role that the man that's working his ass off every day to protect and provide for his family, it started to mess with the, the male and female dynamic, which is kind of breaking the nuclear family a bit. And now because of social media, if a man that works with his hands, a man that built this, whole, like nothing in this room was not invented, built and maintained by a man, particularly when it comes to the trades and construction, like the road that I, I had to ride down to get here, was laid by a man. I can say that without doubt. Mm. And, and what's really disturbing about where we are in the world right now is there's a girl that can go online and put her ass on Instagram and make more money than the guy that laid the road for me to get here. Considerably more money. We have what we value out of line or what we allow to be on the internet out of line in regards to what makes this world go around. And it's probably one of the the most unjust things in the world. It's not illegal, but it's certainly unjust. The guys that work with their hands make this world go round. There is no doubt about it. Without a plumber, there is no toilet. Without electricity, there's no lights in here. There's no cameras. There's no microphones. Without of course, the there are some female plumbers and electricians and so on and so forth, but majority-wise, we're talking it's a male-dominated space. Yes, sir. In fact, I would say, look, I have 200 employees right now. And I don't have one woman in the field and I don't have women applying, hmm. you know, we hang steel. So it's very dangerous, very risky. And it's just, and it's nothing against women. It's just, they don't want it. They don't want it. So if a woman did apply, if she did apply and she was qualified. I've had a woman work in the field. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I've had would? it. Okay. Yeah. She didn't do it very long, but yeah, we hired her. We hired her. I think women are great in the workplace. Absolutely wonderful. If I could get women, women to work on tools, I would have an all woman crew because they're very organized you know, and I think that with the equipment, they would be able to run the equipment. They could do it. I believe they could do it. It's just they don't want it. Mm. You know, they're not applying for it. And I don't blame them. It's dangerous work. Men do dangerous work. You know, men are a bit more disposable than women, if we're keeping it honest. You know, throughout. Well, it's women and children first, isn't yes, it? Yes, sir. A disaster. A as it should be. Yeah. As it should be. I think any, any respectable man would be okay with that. Yeah. It's just where I think men get, get disenfranchised is that they don't get a thank you. For, they don't get any appreciation for it. So every chance I get, I'm shouting the trades out. Anytime I see a guy in work boots trying to buy lunch at a gas station, no cowboy, I'm buying that lunch. Thank mm. you. Thank you. And any chance I get, and uh, me and Thomas were just talking about, that's my YouTube manager. We're just talking about a campaign we want to do called buy the man a beer. Anytime you see a man in boots, whatever he's buying at the mm. counter, Swipe it. Thank you, bro. Thank you for everything you do. I'll have to wear my boots out more often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but do you, do you think it's a bit of an issue, though, that everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and businessman? I do. And they're not going to be in the trades then? I do. And it makes it really hard to find guys, right? So what it is is perception. So you have a guy that's working on his tools all day. The second he opens his phone, he's going to see some 19-year-old with a Lamborghini drop shipping from Dubai. It's perspective, you know? Mm. And, and so... Again, I'm not I'm not saying it's fair. 
Um, that is how the world is. But I believe that if we could get in a place where we were paying these guys what their what their real value to the world is, you would see an you would see a change. I do think that's going to happen. I think in about ten years, there's going to be YouTuber out there saying, "You want to know what the new hack is? Hmm. Learn how to be a plumber," because all because Amazon could could boom they could redo their deal and it'd be like worth pennies overnight if they wanted to. Yeah. They Bezos could do that, shut all these drop shipping kids down, like cut their commission way down because they're nothing more than than subcontractors for him. Well, the rarer the trades people get, the the more the um, more it's going to go up. The more the demand is going to go up. But what's going on right now is, if you go to Dubai or even America, like we don't have a wall, right? So you have people from Central America coming up that can appreciate that job. What's it's really hard for the white man or the the black man to appreciate the job when he's got the phone and he sees Lambo. The Spanish man or the guy that's coming in to work in Dubai. Um, he can send the money back home and he can actually be a hero to a family that's back home. He's just pumping money back home. I, I made a joke not too long ago. I was like, I'm pretty sure I send more money Western Union every Friday than anybody. And it's not me actually sending it because I make my guys pay taxes and everything. I pay them overtime per diem. Dry, I pay them to ride to the job. So if they have to drive across America, I yep. pay them to sit in the truck. You know, I pay everything. Like I don't break any laws. I'm, dude, I can't be on YouTube doing that shit mm. and I don't do it. But what I do know is that when they cash that check, they go to Western union and send it home to their families. And I respect and admire that. But I do think that's the perception because they're like, okay, I'm in, let's say Mexico. If I go to America, I got a shot, you know, and I see it in Dubai and I see it in some of these other countries where it's not the people that are from there that are doing this physical labor. It's that labor is being imported in a lot of ways. Do you think we will be in trouble because we're losing this many tradespeople and who's going to build the roads? Who's going to do the infrastructure that we need? No, I think they're replacing them and bringing people in. I think we'll be okay there. I look, if I was, and I'm not saying I would ever run for president, but if I were president tomorrow, I would immediately make every project in America certified payroll, Bacon Davis, where it had to get checked. Because what happens is is they have what's called fringe benefits. And so you got a guy who makes $20 an hour. You can bump him up to like $30 an hour. He gets a $10 raise just for being on that job. And the reason I don't just give everybody a $10 raise is because if I bid a job and everybody's got a $10 raise, I don't win the project anymore. So even the owner is handicapped in that way, handcuffed. you know. So if, if I'm like, man, I wish I could pay all my guys more money. But if I paid all my guys more money, I'd never win a job. You need it to be a level playing field. Yeah, you yeah. Need, yeah. so it would have to be a level playing field all the way. Mm-hmm. And I think construction is one of the most, I say, corrupt industries when it comes to payroll because guys will pay them cash. There's not a better return on money. But by the time I'm hanging steel, I, by the time I get through FICA, SUDA, Medicaid, general liability, workman's comp, 30 40%, man, it's like 45 50% on your money. Just the just the labor burden. Normal mm. labor burdens might be twenty eight, but we're hanging steel and putting roofs on like big airplane hangers. It's dangerous work. So, so if work. you did become a president, what would you do about the OnlyFans issue that you mentioned earlier? Oh man, <laughs> you know what? That that's a really that's a really tough question, man. Uh, what I would try to do, I don't think I would shut it down. I don't, I don't think I have the place to shut it down. What I would try to do is be a leader. And kind of be more of a father figure to those young ladies and say, hey, listen, I understand you're making money, but there's going to be an impact, impactful situation on your life. And hopefully I would be able to be good enough of a leader and be able to speak to those girls' hearts in a way that might make them understand that what they're doing is might cost them 
the kind of man that they're looking for in the end. And I think if you really had a chance to sit down with any girl that did OnlyFans or by and largely, you know, 99 out of 100 would say, you know what, I really just want to have a husband that I really look up to and admire and and really want to try to be my best for and have him take care of me and kind of be inside of that frame of feeling protected and provided for. And I think if you could get to a young lady's heart like that, it's the best way, especially if you can do it respectfully and not try to call her a whore in the process. Mm -hmm. Because if you start off attacking her, she's never going to hear what you're saying. And that kind of comes from my experience with women, obviously, but also with just employees, man. You know, sit down hat in hand and say, hey, listen, you know, what you're doing, I understand that it's hard to make money out there right now, but you're kind of you're kind of short selling yourself to a man that might be interested in that absolute beauty that's making you money now. And it could cost you a future of a family. And I think every woman wants that. What, what about those girls that say, I don't need a man, you know, I'll do it all myself. I don't think they've right, met the right man. And to be completely fair, I think that's men's fault. Mm. I think the problem with the world is weak men. I don't think it's women. Men have always led the world. Why are we going to kick the blame off on women now? A real leader would always take responsibility. I believe it's I believe it's the men's fault because we are lazy. We don't find we don't do the things it takes to get us in abundance. So we can't look a woman in the eye and say that's not acceptable. Most men get one woman, and I'm not I'm not promoting having all these crazy women. Mm. Like I might do that myself, but that's not what I'm promoting here. What I'm promoting here is being in a position where you can let that woman go and she knows you can replace her. Because that's where the frame is going to be, just like in any negotiation. It's a lot easier to negotiate when you got all the damn chips. You know, when you got nothing to lose, but when you're like saying, D -d 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 -d, you shouldn't do like she knows, bro, she looks right. But if you look at her and say, hey, it's going to be like this and I love you, but you're going to be inside this frame and she's going to say, uh -huh, OK, daddy. Boom. Done. Isn't done. it? Uh, I'm going to miss you. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. It's come down to this. <laughs> it's come down to it. There's so much about you. I'm gonna you miss. might have yeah. to sing. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. But um, do, do you think it's the women making the men weak? Or the men make the men in power making all the other men weak through the media. I think it's the men in power because what happens is the the media puts things out. It riles women up. You got guys that have not done what they're supposed to do. Not, and men are very much men used to be more together. Now they're very much isolated, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got a single man against a woman. That's the only woman he's got. She's got girl power in her mind. He doesn't have the frame to say, "Hey, no, look, I'm the man in this house. This is how it's going to go. I'm going to take care of you." I'm going to be there for you in every way, but I'm going to run this show. He can't say it with conviction anymore. There's very few men that can do that. So men are weak and they're getting broken down. They're getting walked on. And so women don't respect men. They say men are trash. Well, by and largely, they kind of are. Mm. You know. And what we're trying to do is build better men. And you don't build better men in spite of women. You build better men for women. I think that kind of behavior is just deemed like toxic by a lot of people. As even, even the other day when I was um, sitting down at dinner with uh, my auntie, she was like, oh, how much cooking are you going to do when your girlfriend moves in? I was like, I'm not going to do any of Zero. the cooking. That's her job. And I'm going to bring in the money. And it all went quiet. They didn't really want to you know, talk about it. It was just so awkward. But that's how they get people right there. They, the biggest thing for men over the biggest weapon used against men is guilt. They try to guilt you. It's like, why should I be doing half the cooking when I'm doing all the money stuff? You know? right. it, it just makes sense. And that's fine. Right. We have our different roles. And that's the way it should be. So I paid for the damn food. <laughs> and, and it's true. And the house yeah. and the oven that she cooked it on. Mm -hmm. And say, I do my job. And that and that's where I think women and men are getting in a bad place because they, they're trying to tell women that they should be in the lane of a man. Well, no man wants a woman trying to be a man. I'm not going to argue with a woman about who's got a bigger you-know-what. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know who's swinging it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then vice versa, they're trying to make men soft and women. And so then it gets really easy to manipulate a man because all you got to do is call him toxic or, or he's mean or, or, or whatever, whatever you use to use guilt against a man. And men now aren't strong enough to stand because there's no brotherhood. There's no backing saying, no, man, I'm going to run my house like this too. No, I'm going to be strong. No, I'm going to make sure that I'm the leader in the house and take care of everything. And yeah, she is going to cook. But if you run the right frame, she's happy to cook. And I think that the guys are missing that. But brotherhood is a big part of that. Because when you have a collaboration of men where you know you got each other's back and you know you're running the same offense and you know that it works, then it can go a long way to help who? Mostly women. Women are happy with strong men. Truly. Well, talking of strong men, uh, you grew up in a trailer camp and made it to multimillionaire status. So how did that environment shape your life? Oh, man, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I always talk about people that grow up wealthy are, are probably a disadvantage, in my opinion. You know, people want to get mad at wealthy people. Okay. What if you were born in a zoo as a lion? You've been fed food your whole life, and then they close the zoo and kick you in the jungle. You can't hunt. Growing up poor is the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I would not change that for anything in my life. I'm, Learn how I'm to lucky. hustle. Yes, sir. Because without that, let's say you're a rich person, right? You start off rich and you know that you didn't earn any of that. So your whole understanding of life, you grew up in a very nice home. You really are starting off because it's really daddy's money, right? So you have to work your ass off just to reach your dad. You know, now if you respect your father, so for any young man that's listening, you're well to do. Man, the first thing I would do if I was growing up in a house like that is go to my dad and say, man, thank you so much. What can I do to work with you? How can I respect that? Like my boys, they're going to either come to me and say that or they're going to enjoy the streets and they're going to have to do enough work to show me because I'm not like I'm not ruining kids. I'm not I would never do that to them. I think that's child abuse, mm. you know, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, as far as growing up poor, man. I think it's the best thing because because it's the dissonance between where you were and where you're from. Mm. It's it's the, all the happiness is climbing the mountain, right? A- absolutely, and the mountain is yeah. never summited either. And, and if in exactly, and that's why you, that's why I always say that success is a two way street. It's climbing the mountain and looking up for more mountains. Because the worst thing that can happen to a man is that him get to the top of the mountain and not have another place to go. Because then you're going well, to there's sabotage. only one place to go yeah. after that, and that's yeah. downhill. It's downhill just so you can climb again. Yeah, but that's repetitive, and you lose time, and that makes it expensive. Yeah. So, and then you have to go through bad cycles. Which it's a very a hard slope. position to be in when you have some wealth, and you have your kids, as it were, right. and to not give them everything. Uh, I found it quite difficult, but. Um, I know you managed it. I did manage it, and I think I'm not involved. Although at yeah. the time, yeah, so guy isn't actually dad's kid. <laughs> no, Lots of people think that, but but I am. Yeah, um, I'm a council estate boy. I'm from the bottom as well. Yeah, nice. so I I had to make sure that I didn't give too much, and I would say you probably respect that decision. Yeah, if I now. wanted some money, I had to borrow it, and well, dad Earn dad it. didn't necessarily let me borrow it. I had to go either to the bank or find other ways to find my my resources. But then eventually, like you said, we're working together now. We've got a business, and and that's that's how we work. And it's yeah, nice absolutely. to it's nice to have that you know between us. We can and actually I, work on something we both enjoy. Hundred percent. And I've not seen you guys do a podcast that you're not at. Yeah. So respect to you. You mm-hmm. know, and and that's all you can do. Look, we're, look, man, we're all souls. We get issued a body, right? Whether you're white, black, rich, poor, male, female, all that. You, issues, souls get issued a body, man. And 
All you can do is look at the hand you're dealt and do the right thing with it. And everybody in their gut knows the right thing. So if you grow up in a, in a house that has a well-to-do father, man, I just respect the hell out of him and be like, man, I just really appreciate the journey you went on. Cause I got, I, you know, I came into this world at a different place than you did and I really respect it and I want to be a part of it and I want to honor it and cherish it in the right way. And that's all you can do as a son if your father did well. And, and my boys will go through that, you know, and they better get it right. Yeah, dad was always a hero to me. And that's why I wanted to start the, the Mark Tilbury channel. So I was able to bring his stories to the world. To more and people. Right. And it's, and it's Commemorating a, forever, even past his, when absolutely. he's gone, you know. Oh, thank it, you. Am I off? Yeah. No, no, but when, when well, you are don't gone. Don't off yourself till the show's over. You can cowboy. send me off to a Ev home. Everyone yeah. does think you're 70, so. Yeah, yeah 55. Younger, we had thank you, then, didn't we? Wait, that guy's only 55? Yeah. Jesus, I thought he was 70. Well, he's hustled hard, hasn't well, he? Well, even got a fade now as well, eh? Yeah. Yeah, but what a beautiful thing, right? Because yeah. because you're looking at, okay, so what can I do for my dad? You know, I have this skill set. I was born in this generation. I know about this thing. I can bring his greatness to the world and create legacy for him. I think it's a beautiful thing you two are doing just because of that. Because you were like, okay, he did this already. What can I do to bring to the family legacy? And guess what? It won't be long. You'll have a little one. And he better get in line too. <laughs> we we're talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, no, I think y'all are nailing it completely. Mm. And and that's how that's how a relationship between a father and son should be. I don't suspect that any of my children will work for a company. They're gonna work for the family. Mm. You know, mm. I'm trying I'm trying to build a legacy family. People are gonna know our last name in my town for damn sure. This is that's so Im so important. It's yes, this sir. last name thing because my dad's dad said to him, "You will do better than me. Go ahead and do it." Right. My dad said it to me. And I've said it to Curtis, that name needs to carry on, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And it Some... needs to improve and get better and build that generational wealth. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. We were talking about the prime minister of England. Who mm. is it? I don't even know. Rishi, <laughs> Rishi Shunak. Shunak. Yeah. So there were some young ladies complaining about how he grew up in a privileged home. I said, you know what you were missing there? His grandfather was a G. His great grandfather was a G. His father was like it. It takes handing the baton off multiple times to get in a place of power like mm. that. That is collaborative group effort over generations. That is unheard and, and, of. And with most generations, isn't it? The first one makes it. The second one grows makes it, it, grows it, and then no, the third one loses blows it. it. Yeah, everyone blows it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so to be able to, and, and you know what that is? That's morals and ethics in a family all lining up that family like a company with good culture has cultural values that's where you get juggernauts like the rockefellers mm. I, I super respect that family mm. tate will do it i'll do it we'll all do it and and i think that that's one of the most beautiful things you could possibly have walk it walk into somebody's dining room and just see all the g's and a portrait right <laughs> yeah you know I'll, I'll have you in a picture yeah no we should, we should <laughs> so we should what, the one what that would started you do if one of your kids wanted to start a business and they didn't want to work for you and follow in your footsteps i would respect it i don't i wouldn't say hey go do steel and real estate i'm just saying build the name we can do we dude we can sell q-tips if you want it better be waller q-tips though mm. you know what i'm saying like keep it Keep the family going. I, I'll help you build your legacy, son. Or keep building our legacy. But this is a team effort. If you don't want to play for this team, that's fine. But And I'll still love you. Because what I said before, right? I, here's how the world works. Legacy grows championships over time. Our, your kids and your kids' kids will win if we build this together. If you don't want to, I still love you. But here's the truth of the world. And I just want them to have choice. And as long as my kids have choice, man, they could be... 
you know, gay or broke or homeless or camping in a van by a river, that's fine. As long as they understand the world and have choice. That's what I really, really want. I think that's what a successful parent would do. But ideally, you would create an atmosphere where you showed them what it looked like to have a winning legacy family. And it'd be something they want to be a part of. So, so what, at what point did kids come into your life then? You know, man, I, I can't speak too much on kids um, as far as whether I have them or not. Oh, okay. But if I did have them, I'd take care of everything completely. If I did have them, they'd have a real nice place to stay. If I did have them, they would want for nothing. Their mother wouldn't work and they'd raise them every day if I did. Okay. So what would you say is the perfect age for um, for guys to have kids? Because it seems like now it's getting later and later and later. Yeah. So I don't think that's such a problem for a man, right? I think the 30s is probably pretty good. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I think 30 to 35. We were talking right? the other day and you were like, oh, you want me to have some kids <clears throat> no, sooner? No, no, no. I didn't say that. I just thought the way your relationship was going, you're likely to. Uh, but you have built your empire, your castle. You know, you're you're quite sorted and ready to move forward. That's the answer. Yeah, mm -hmm. for that to grow with that, that's fine. But most guys, until they get to 30, they haven't gone through that change, that life experience to be able to build their castle. Yeah, no, I agree. Not a way it's of about doing money that. for me, not age. Like, if you're wealthy yeah. enough to support them and give them the life that they want, then go ahead and do it. But if you can't give them that life, then I just don't think it's worth it because you're only holding yourself back and them. The reason I say 30, especially in 2023, is because there's a lot of young men that might have caught a crypto pump yeah. or might have had an online <laughs> business. And there's some development time where, like I said, it goes back to the buckets. You can have one bucket filled up. But this buck, this one, mm. the one that's going to let you lead a family, I think that's an imperative thing. If you have your castle together and you have good guidance, and so like you grew up in a house, I didn't. There, yeah. there was a there was a structure there, and you you learned a lot of things, even if you didn't know you were learning. One hundred percent, that was invaluable. You know? Just having dad invaluable. around, being yeah, in just business. there, right? Yeah. So, or just seeing how he ran the house, mm. just him being there alone, right? And so, every young man is is going to be at a different place. But I, I think that when you have a young man, let's say he becomes a millionaire in his 20s. He might just need a few more years of personal development because the money doesn't make the man. The struggle and climbing up the hill and understanding and failing a few times, I think, makes a man because that's what's going to allow him to be unshaken because he's been through stress and he's been through all these other things out in the real world. So just a crying baby and a stressed out wife isn't going to stress him out. He's going to be able to be calm, solve that problem. And that way that family can look up to him. That way, when that young, that little boy or little girl grows up, they respect him. And then there we are with the legacy again. Right. And he doesn't need to be bringing his problems home, does he? No, sir. Never, you know, never. Exactly. That's what never. I always thought. You know, you can have a mind full of problems within your business. But you don't take them home. No. You know, the wife doesn't need to know about them. She's got enough to handle and keep the, the, keep the house going well and everything. And uh, I'll keep them to myself. Yes, sir. Absolutely. A man's job is to be the emotional way, the mountain that a woman's emotional waves crash into. Mm. The end. He is supposed to be the rock for the whole family. And that, and that again, is why I would wait a little bit later in life, get a little bit more stress tolerance, go through pain, see things that are just huge to you that you think it's going to be the end of the world and you realize you're going to live through them. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, God didn't pay me 400 grand. Shit, we got to go to court. Blah, blah. I'm going to go out of business, bankrupt, double mortgage on the house. Am I going to make payroll? You know, yeah. are we going to be able to keep the doors open? Once you go through a good bit of that, man, these problems that are going to be in the household are going to be minuscule. And no, you don't, you don't bring home problems home to your wife because what you want your wife to feel is I've made the right decision with this man. Hmm. 
I don't need to look elsewhere. Mm. He can handle all of that. He can handle all of it. Anything that comes. He's that Superman. Way. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's another thing that's really important. And we push the guys in the war room to do is like, hey, build that iron mind for yourself. Go through some pain. Go find pain when you're a young man. Make money. That way, when it comes time for the problems of normal life, because most men end up having families at some point. And the divorce rate is really high. And a lot of these guys fail because they've not gone through enough fire yeah. to really even. Op- you should be able to operate the house easy mode. Like you're 30,000 feet. That should be cruising. You know, that's the easy stuff. The stuff that when you walk out of that front door, that's where the turbulence should be. But you never bring that turbulence in. You want a, you want a safe, like safe, safe atmosphere in the home for everybody involved. The children, the wife, all of them, the nanny. If you have one. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex Amosi talks about the different kinds of relationships you can have, like either a cheerleader or a teammate. What one do you think is is the best one to go with? I like cheerleader. Yeah. Personally, because look, man, I, I don't need I don't need help with my business from a woman. And I don't mean that disrespectful. I have a key woman. From a partner. From a partner. Yeah. Yeah, a partner. That's that's a much better yeah. way to put it. Because my my highest paid employee is a woman, and she is worth it. She mm-hmm. she is a killer, man. She's incredible. She's in her fifties. She's a true pro. She she's absolutely amazing. Um, but from a partner, like no, no, I need I need I need you put the largest amount of trust in this individual. I'm gonna trust you to hold and carry my babies through pregnancy. Take care of your body. Get rest. Create an atmosphere for them. Where, where they can grow and then they're born and then you create an atmosphere where they feel safe and they can actually develop a personality. They You're, you're molding them in every way and I'm going to trust you with that while I go out and do my best to build the legacy of the family. So I, I don't think there's a more important job in the world a woman can do. It's the most beautiful thing and honestly, it's probably one of the hardest jobs in the world being a mother. That's, it's tough. Mm. I've not seen it firsthand, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, it, it's not an easy job, man. And, and I respect mothers in every way. And I think that's the most beautiful thing that a woman could do. Cause she's building, she's building your partner when that, when that, when that baby gets to age mm. to work for the family. So, uh, not a, not a more important job for a legacy in my opinion. What, than what's, that. what's your stance on multiple women? Because there's a yeah. lot of guys yeah. we've had on the podcast that, are you know, top 1% males, whatever you want to say. And they always say like, oh, I just have multiple women and I come back to the one wife or whatever they have. What's your view on that? Same thing. I, I'll probably have some, um, I'll probably have multiple at some point. Um, and, and do you think that affects um, your partner or wife? Or, or I do. Whatever you have? I do. I absolutely do. I, I think it's, I think it's a painful thing for them, but I also think they understand the truth of the world. What, what I think the space gets wrong is they're like, oh, I'm a big G. Blah, 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 this, that. If Got a few hoes in the car. Yeah, if she don't like it, she can leave. All that. No, man. The way I look at it is, is that if she gets hurt by it or if she gets hurt by anything, that you can stop everything you're doing, sit down, nothing in between you need to need, and be there with her if, if you've hurt her in some way. I, all this being hard and like, if she don't like it, she can leave. Fuck these bitches. No, man. That's bullshit. Not if you care about somebody. Not if you care about them. You're going to be there for them in every way. So... Mm-hmm. um, Men doing that is as old as time. I'm not out here promoting it. it do you it, think it's being more honest to the yes, sir, real guy? Well, so when I think about honesty in the situation, I think about like women know how men are. Women know what men want. 
some men can't do it because they can't provide a lifestyle. Like a woman feels like she's, it. Yes, sir. Like she's getting a bad deal. She's like, okay, so I have a shit life. You come home and complain. You play video games. You drink beer and you cheat and you lie to me. So you're a coward on top of that. No, I sit them down. Hey, listen, look, my content's all over the internet. Every, like, and any girl that sees me watches it. Like I literally watches it. So for me, I'm just, you know, if a man can sit down with you, respect you enough to tell you the truth, say, I love you. I'm going to take care of you. This is how it's going to be. And, and then, and then if you ever hurt her, be there with her, spend the time with her. Like I have no intention of being with a woman and not caring about the individual. And I think that's where really people get it wrong. Am I, am I about promoting it? No, I don't really want to promote it. But if you want my opinion and how I see it is if you're going to do it, also be there and care about her heart. Take care of that too. My definition of a man is someone that can slit a throat and hold a baby in the same day. <laughs> and if you need to do that for somebody you care about, the mother of your children, let's say, then you better damn well do it. Do you think they can have the same emotional attachment to you if you are going around sleeping with other people? Yeah, I actually think it might be even more. Really? Yeah, do you not see it as more of a reliance and, you know, the lifestyle is No, no nice because they can leave you and you. take you for your money. I suppose if you're legally married, it depends. Well, it depends what it. state you're in, right? Yeah. But they could fight for it or try to get it. Or mm. they could just leave you because they know a guy like me, I'll take care of him anyway. You have my babies, you're not going to be worrying about much. Mm. You know, that that's the legacy, right? That's what we're doing it for. I'm not going to die with it. You know, it, it might trust it off to some kids or something. I'm not going to spend it, you know, or I'm going to try to build build a legacy, right? We're trying to leave something behind. I, I'm thinking about three generations from now, not just tomorrow. Yeah. So why would I not treat her well? Yeah. I mean, if if you did have kids, which we, we don't I, know about. If, if, if I did. If you did, yeah. do you think that would affect them, knowing that dad's out there seeing other women and, you know, not well, necessarily just with mom? Yeah. So I, I would think my, my kids would have, First of all, my kids would have experience with me being a wonderful father, being there for them in every way, being everything a father should be. That's that's number one. And for that reason, I think I would garner a certain amount of respect. I think it's on me to garner that respect. If I have a if I have a kid that just wants to be a dickhead about it, well, that's okay. I still love you. You know, um, go in your path. You have choice. If if you are so up in arms about it, but understand this. You, you're upset with me for telling the truth. Every man on this street, especially the streets I live on, is doing it. Is he telling the truth? Probably not because he's a coward. I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I love your mother. I'm going to tell her the truth. Sit her down and, and tell her how it's going to be and how I'm going to run the family. And it was her choice to stay. And don't you think, because more than likely this would be a girl to get mad about this, right? Mm -hmm. Don't you think dad must have treated mom very well, sweetheart? And took care of mom and very so don't you think mom is smart enough to make her own decisions and the understanding that every every man really would do this? So do you think the issue is more honesty yes, sir, rather I do. than cheating? A thousand percent I do. Right. It's the deceit that breaks hearts more than anything. And then for me, I have to really watch it on these podcasts how I talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because that's where it can get hurtful. When I'm bragging about it, be like, hey, look at my phone. This is what this Instagram model said to me. That's the shit that I got to watch out for. What yeah. I would say is uh, of the people that talk about this sort of subject, you're, or you seem to come across a lot more respectful of women than a lot of people. Bro, I love women, man. I love women, man. I think, the, I think the red spill space, I'm not saying they're getting it wrong. I'm just saying that they're leaving out that part. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, how are you not going to care about her? Like as a human, you know, like I don't think women are shit at all. 
What and I'm also not blue pilled at all. <laughs> I, at all. I got that comment yeah, a lot on, uh, yeah. on the, the episode one. with Myron. It's like, oh, this kid's blue pilled um, because he had this view that men have to sleep with 50 women before they settle down and find someone. Whereas I don't completely agree with that. I think that you can find your partner before sleeping with 50 people. What's your view on that? I agree. I agree. I mean, Rolo Tomasi has slept with 42 women. He said it very many times and he has one of the most successful marriages I've ever seen. And his wife is absolutely lovely and wonderful to be around and his biggest fan. And that's another thing too. She's my biggest fan, right? They're my biggest fan. Like, that's what you want. You want them to look up to you. You need that dissonance because that dissonance between you is respect. And that's why I don't yell at women either. Because it, like, if you if a woman can draw you down into an argument, she knows that you'll go to a level of a child. She needs to look up to you. Mm. That's the most respect. I, I would imagine that, I don't know if you're still married or married. I don't oh, know yeah, what, definitely. Yes, Long I, time. I can guarantee she looks up. You are her hero. I hope just, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Most of the time. And Most as, of the time. Yeah, yeah, of course, but as it should be, because I think the relationships where the husband is a hero is the ones that last. It's how it worked in the 20s. When, when, this, when this social experience of family, like the way it is now, started, I think it was most successful when the man had a better shot at being the hero. And that's what's so sad about this stuff with the trades, going off the gold standard, inflation, two jobs, girl power. And it's not that I have anything wrong with girl power. I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it. It's the women acting like men and men not being able to be the hero of the house that I think is actually the problem. And that's what's messing the nuclear family up. And I think the nuclear family was doing fine. He might have come home with a little lipstick on his shirt, <laughs> but she wasn't leaving him because she truly loved him, admired him. And that's back then, I feel like, is when a man, the average man, had a chance. Now, it's just the 1% men that are getting all the women. And that's honestly, even though I'm benefiting from it, I don't think it's healthy for society at all. Do you believe in um, alpha widder widdering? Yes, Have I you do. heard of that? I yeah. do. I absolutely do. Because I've, yes, I do. <laughs> because, yeah, no, I mean, my girlfriend sent it to me the other day. She's like, oh, you're lucky that I, I haven't been with anyone else, you know, that I really look up to. Like, you're the only guy that, if I was to leave her, I'd be that widow, alpha widower. Absolutely. And, and that's why men, I, I believe, care so much about notch count. Mm. Because the bigger that number is, the more likelihood that woman is thinking about that one guy in her past, mm. you know, so there is that. Um, and it's also a driving factor for a man. If you're a young man and you know that alpha widowing is this, doesn't it make sense to do your best to get your, get your money, right? Get your fitness, right? Get your status, right? Get, get it known who you are. So you can become the one. Cause somebody's going to lose. You can get mad or play ball. But this, this existence that we live is not fair. And, and, it, and in a lot of times it can be ugly, but it can also be very beautiful case in point what you guys have with your family which should be the goal for any young men you know uh, uh, again i can't say it enough you want choice in your life but you have to create abundance to do so so going back to your your story of growing up in the trailer park were you uh, a bit of a hustler back in the day did you have any stories about selling and buying and selling things yeah so i tell you my first business when i uh, my first business ever was cutting grass so uh, we'd get off the school bus every day and play baseball or football or basketball. Whatever season it was, we'd play that right, in the neighborhood in the streets. This was back when you just come home and streetlights came on, right? Yeah. 
The good old days. The even good days. I remember that though. Yeah. That was a thing for me when I was about yeah. six, seven. Yeah, playing in the yard. Like you couldn't even come in the house. Like get, get the fuck out of here, right? Yeah. Um, it's not dinner time yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'll so, tell you when your dinner's ready. Yeah. You, can come yeah, home you see then. that light right there when That's it comes it. on? Yeah. yeah. So, so this old man would pay me seven dollars and fifty cents to cut his grass, and I'm like, hey, this ain't bad, you mm. know. So I start knocking doors, dude. I ended up getting like five, six lawns pretty quick. And my buddies noticed I wasn't showing up and they saw me pushing and they saw I was making money. So they didn't want to cut grass anymore. They want to be a part of the business. So I'm like flip a weed eater to one. One's mm -hmm. going to pick up trash. My overhead got too high, went out of business. So. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that taught you a lot of lessons mm -hmm. about starting a business. So what was your well, kind of next steps? Well, I was going to say, then you went into construction from what I see. But how did you become a big gun? That's the big difference. I shut my mouth and I found mentors. I think the best thing a young man could ever do is go seek out somebody that's 30 years ahead of him for two reasons. Number one, and I think the most important reason is choosing the right vehicle. I got that wrong in my opinion. I think that if I'd have picked a different business model, if I'd have put the same time, attention, and effort into a <laughs> different model, because let's face it, construction is a rough, stressful, hard industry. It is brutal, brutal industry. Um, I actually say a similar thing, don't I? If I'd have put the amount of effort I put into my businesses into a, a different yeah. area. Well, well, I've, said that to, I've said it that to you. Yeah. Huge. yeah, absolutely. I think you can take the same entrepreneur, mm. same skill set, same talent, same drive, put one in, in vehicle A and one in vehicle B. This one looks like Steve Jobs. This one is bankrupt. Yeah. I'm no, I truly believe that. Picking the vehicle is, I think, one of the most important things you can do before you start to use that energy capital in your life, mm. especially when you're a young man, you have that unicorn blood, right? Mm. I went with passion, which was probably the wrong way, to yes, be honest. Yes, I agree. I agree. But I've beat a living out of it and done okay. Yeah. Um, but obviously, It's a long grind. It's a long grind, absolutely long. Right. Uh, but at least you chose not necessarily a passion, I would say, putting up steel buildings. But. No, sir, it wasn't a passion. It was what was in my consciousness. Yeah. You know, so that's what I knew to do is I always joke is like the only way we knew how to make doctor money was in boots, you know, <laughs> and, and it's true. It's the only thing. It's the only thing I knew. I didn't grow up in a neighborhood where there was doctors or lawyers or people that understood politics. None of these conversations were happening in my house. You know, it was about the light bill or whatever else was going on. Right. But did you find passion in it? though? Like you said, you wasn't passionate about it. You initially. can get passionate about anything that's making money. Yeah. You know, your, your wrist never hurts when your jumper's on. Right. Mm. So, um, yeah, you can get passionate about it real quick. I think what really happens is that you find where you can be passionate about something. Mm. So you, you, I believe that business is by and largely a formula. You take out X and you put in Y. You know, I believe I can start plumbing coming tomorrow and be successful. I'm nowhere near a plumber, but I know damn good and well I could run a business as a subcontractor in any trade. Because it's basically the same stuff. It's it's dealing with the men. It's the logistics. It's the contracts. It's like no, you're not holding ten percent retention. You're holding five. I want net thirty from where. Like it's that game. It's that the stuff the people don't see. Yes, what you're. That's good right. At. It's the insurance captive. It's yeah. it's 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 having camaraderie with the men and knowing that you need to take them for a beer. Mm. You know, it's it's the it's the showing up on a job site and start saying, "Hey, bro, y'all are killing this, and I appreciate it because it's hot right now." And start putting hundred dollar bills in their tool belts. That's the kind of shit, you know, we keep up with our, our main guys, wives, birthdays. We send them to get their nails done. If you're not cool with that woman and you want her husband to go on the road for three months, you better have her in your corner. And so you better show her in love and acknowledge what she's going through with her husband being gone on the road for three months. 
You know, it's like those types of things that you end up learning in that process of growing that business. Because if you don't have her as an ally, you are bad. Yeah. So we've talked about choosing the vehicle and the, the business, having the knowledge. Yeah. How much do you think luck plays a part in the success of an entrepreneur? I do think it plays a big part. Yeah. But I also think what it is acquiring skill sets and being ready for that luck to happen. Mm. A lot of people have luck pass right by them and they never get to get to, you know, cash in and on And they're it. the ones that say, you're so lucky. Yeah. You go, yeah, hang yeah. on, I, I you, had that that, you had yeah. that opp opp opportunity last week and uh, you blew right by it. You so. have to take yeah, the and shot and you didn't even see it. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, you ever see Michael Jordan do a reverse layup under the back? How many times do you think he's done that? Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? He knew just how to spin the ball. Yeah. Just where to go. He's done that a million times. He his skill set got him close enough, and maybe it was a little lucky that he ain't. Maybe he got the role, but how many times has he put himself in that position? And then you start getting a role, and then it gets to a place where your luck turns into making like because then you start to build capital. Then it's just common sense decisions, right? Like when I see Amazon trucks on the road all the time, I'm like, yeah, like I don't I don't know how they're doing. I don't know if they buy them or rent them, but I'm like, yeah, it's an obvious decision to get your own trucks. Like, so once the business starts to get rolling, then you have like common sense decisions you can make. Oh, they started this division. Well, no shit. You know, like I would have done of that too. They did. Yeah, yeah, of course they did. Mm. You know, so it, it's the momentum. I always say about business. I think I, I read this somewhere. It's like starting a business is like trying to go and get like a carousel going. You're like you push it and it's heavy and you're pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's not even going anywhere. And you're pushing and pushing and pushing and slowly it starts to go. And then slowly you can kind of jog with it. Mm. But then at some point you get it to where it's spinning. You're stepping back and just slapping it. As just, yeah, boop, off it goes. Boop, boop. Yeah, start another one. Mm. You know? Yeah, and that process of actually starting and running the business changes your mentality. Because I know dad used to always go around looking at all these different businesses and going, oh yeah, that's wrong. This is wrong. You know, he's analyzing yeah. every business. That's good. I'll yeah, some some, that. sometimes yeah. that's good. I take that little bit. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a, a certain thing. It switches your mind when you build a successful business. I was having a disagreement with someone the other day. It was my uncle actually, wasn't it? I was going to say, was it me? <laughs> no, no, it was, it was my uncle. And it was about a very successful individual. And I said, if he got all of his money taken away, I reckon he'd be able to make it back really quickly that just because of the knowledge he has. And I think people don't value knowledge enough nowadays. A thousand percent. I tell you, that's one of the most freeing feelings in the world. Uh, I tell people if they're worried or wondering if, if they've gotten it right yet, ask yourself this, because I always say, you could strip me down butt naked, blindfold me and drop me in any city of America. I'd be hanging still in six weeks. I have zero doubt. It, it would be like zero doubt mm. I would be doing that. Because that's what we say about the guys that made it big on crypto. You know, they've made it big, but they haven't learned any lessons on that path to making it big, have they? They've just suddenly gone, whoa, we've lucked out. I'm right. the master of the game. And it right. can't be repeated now because the climate's be repeat different. Yeah, yeah, can't be repeated. So Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tricky situation, man. It really is. And, and you know what I always say about that? Um, every generation generally will look back at the generation before them and kind of with a bit of disdain. But every generation gets a new set of opportunities that create this new set of problems. And when it comes to crypto and some of these online business things, a part of me, even though I'm saying I picked the wrong model or I could have picked a better model, I'm kind of glad that I, that I went through that because I think it made me the person I am and the next wave is always coming, right? And so I'll be able to take that capital and the skill sets and maybe the maturity that you would bring into a business and be at a completely different place when that next huge opportunity comes. 
I'll have that with me, not because I caught a crypto pump, because I built a real business from dirt. Mm. And I'm very, very grateful. I used to um, say, I, I used to always joke, I was like, I'm asking God why this business? Why? I want to quit so fucking bad. <laughs> In fact, I quit, but then I'd go to work the next day, right? Yeah. You know? And that's something I'd probably accredit you for, too, because one thing that you could probably speak to is there's a huge power and staying in the same game. Hmm. Because it's almost like you're getting in a fight, right? You take a jab, oh man, boom, you take a jab again, cross now, you know? And then you slip the jab and then then you uppercut, whatever it is, right? But then if you quit that because you were getting beat up too much and then you go fight a southpaw, you're gonna take all the licks in that industry. Hmm. All the licks, and then you're gonna have to rebuild all the connections. So I think there's something to be said about at some point saying, okay, after this, I'm staying here. I believe in this model. I'm going to see this out through all the blood and all the scars and everything. I'm going to come out on top. And then once the, once you water that tree enough and it starts bearing fruit, then buy some crypto. Mm. Then, then you know, do do this other business or try this other thing or build a brand or all those other things. I wanted to build a brand for a long time, but I wouldn't let myself until I had M's in the bank. Yeah, yeah. and also you get used to the jabs that are coming at you. You don't even take them anymore. You're you, like, well, so. you sort of don't. Yeah, you, yeah. you miss them. And... But you know certain things that come in and someone else will come into the game and play it a little bit differently. Yeah. And you go, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. They're gone. Yeah. You don't have to panic, do you? Nope. Yeah, no, you, you find your calm. own path and adapt the business to to go down that 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 path, as it were. Right. So, so right. it's and good. And you see it all the time because mm. you see that same guy that left that business and you, you end up getting all his employees. Yeah. So you're just that much bigger. Yeah. And then you watch him go from business to uh, – there's a guy that used to work for me. He quit me twice. He's a great employee killer killer employee awesome he left me and i've seen him start and fail three businesses since and he won't talk to me anymore i tried to add him back on facebook he won't do it he's i guess he's salty with me we never had an argument and i just hate it because i know how talented he is and i'm like bro come run this place you know i need a ceo and he's good man he's super yeah. good and he just won't even talk to me so what do you think he has that makes him a good employee but doesn't necessarily make him good at starting and running businesses I know he's had a lot of uh, female trouble in his life. Right. You know, he he was one of the, he's very blue-pilled, and he got beat up in that way a it's lot. It's a bit like you then, Curtis. That's, that's, that's really <laughs> I'm nice. I'm not having this. I'm not Watch out, this. cowboy. That's, that's really nice, <laughs> that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, I don't like this whole blue-pill-red, but I think it's a bit cringy, you know? Oh, like, all of it's cringy. Agree, Alpha, yeah. beta, yeah. Um, all, all of it's cringy. It's just None a of this existed yeah. back in my day, I no, can assure you. No, no I hate it. And, and, and it's I the cringiest a, thing on the planet. A lot of the people that follow like Myron, Fresh and Fit and stuff, obviously some of them are great, but then mm. lots of them are just guys that can't get girls and they're just hating on girls. And they're hating on girls. going too far. And it's getting yeah. super corny. Yeah, it, well, it, sometimes the guy, I think the guys fall for the red meat thing. There's no planet where I'm going to sit on a, on a live podcast for three hours and talk shit about women. Mm. Mm. There's no way. Um, but I do think that Myron and Walt are doing something very, very important in the world because they're opening men's eyes up to the reality. Um, they might take it way over here, but when the guys are here, like let's say super blue pilled or super unaware and Myron takes it here on average, they're going to fall. Yeah. Pull them halfway yeah, to where yeah, you really want them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think for that reason, Myron and Water doing God's work. They're doing it in a very brash way, but I think it probably is going to take brash to get enough eyes to hold attention. You know, you, you sell them what you want, you give them what they need. So going back to picking that vehicle, I know a lot of the viewers will probably be thinking, 
what vehicle should I pick right now? So right. what are some of the different areas that people could be focusing on that are probably going to explode within the next 10 years? Well, as far as the next 10 years, I mean, obviously AI and things are going to do, but to the vehicle itself, if I had it to do again, whatever I was putting my energy to, I'd want to get a return of investment of energy. So it would be some kind of residual model. In construction, it's like work, 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 one kill, work, 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 one kill. I would work, work, work and make that kill pay me for a lifetime. So some some sort of subscription-based model in some way. Now, as we all know, real estate is the OG of the subscription model. So if I had it to do again, I would definitely probably go real estate or just go real estate sooner. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm Same not- Same here. Yeah. More real estate yeah. all the time. Absolutely. So like just in the last <clears throat> four months, I've bought 147 doors. We've dropped to him. I'm just getting rid of cash into real estate and, and doing cost segregation studies to reduce the taxable income, right? Um, I just, you know, probably one of my biggest fears in life right now is the guy that got rich once and and didn't take care of business when he had the opportunity. Mm, I think E-Man said the same when we um, we did an interview with him recently. And um, he, he was saying to make it once is one thing, to to keep it makes you the legend to keep making the money yeah that's what makes legends absolutely i agree with that it's people that endure over time it's like when you when you see and look i don't even like tom brady but tom brady's a goat you know as far as a quarterback in america like the guy won and won and won and won and won and he did it over years and years i feel the same way about lebron you know the and they're just a good example because everybody knows who they are but in the workplace every day men like you men like me man we've been doing this for you know i'll be I'll be 14 years and then 15 years and then 20 years in this business, you know, and, and you have decades in, in business. Yeah, so 35 years right. in a similar, you know, same yeah. industry. So, so it, it's, it's, it's those people that have that sticking power and they really get their system and they build the right people and they train in people and build them up. Man, it's a never ending thing. Now, one thing I will say that I did do right um, to offset the fact that I might've chose a model that was not as lucrative or, or didn't was not going to pay me forever for my work was I bought big properties, you know, 64 doors, you know, 21 doors, uh, 60 more in a mobile home park. We're, we're acquiring now. And when you're saying doors for, for our viewers that might not understand that way, this is, uh, per occupancy type door. So yes, sir. So the apartment house and apartment. Or yes, whatever. sir. So the apartment building has 64 units. Yeah. In it. Yeah. So, um, buying bigger, because the business is spitting out more money. So I'm just, so if I'd have started buying single family houses, let's say um, at 25, you know, maybe I could have built up 147 single yeah. family houses. So to offset that, I'm just buying in big chunks, putting big amounts of money. I'm trying to get rid of the money. And you're using good debt to offset your taxes. Yes, sir. That's right. That's the game. It's a winner, isn't it? <laughs> the, ga- the game is debt. Yeah. The game is debt. There's a book called Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wright, And I feel like it really repictures how to look at the IRS or look at government. They they really just put out things to partner with you. Now yes. I heard you guys are losing some things on um, your interest write-offs and stuff like yep. that. And they're talking about starting to tax you on your appraised value of, of yeah. equity. This is the property. inland revenue in the UK. Right. Yeah. Now if that happens in America, I will dump and leave hmm. flat out. But we might have to go to Dubai. Right. Mm. And that and that's another great point because I just bought 
a seven bedroom, 10,000 square foot house with a private beach in Dubai across from Andrew, mostly because they tricked me into it. <laughs> Different story. But, um, so what is the story though? Do you mind? Yeah. Cause it does yeah. sound interesting. Yeah. You can't, can't just say stuff like that. that. And not. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you. So we're sitting in Dubai, messing around, Airbnb, playing golf, jumping in the pool, drinking, working, you know, drinking coffee, working, talking. And, uh, Andrew was like, Hey, yeah, the real estate guy's coming over and Tristan's sitting there and Tristan looks at me and says, Hey, Justin, you should buy a house in the neighborhood. And I'm like, ha ha. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, there's one not really close. Anyway, long story short, we all get in the van, go to the real estate office at the Mac. They're sitting, Andrew's sitting there, Tristan's sitting there, the real estate agent's sitting there, and they're all messing with me about being neighbors. And Andrew and Tristan are sitting there, look, we could be neighbors drinking coffee, and they're doing this at me. <laughs> and he's like, look, we're going to take confidential, we're going to have sea dues and we're going to go to each other's house and sneak each other's kitchen, eat each other's food, and leave. Ha, 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 ha. And they're doing this, and I'm like, give me the fucking papers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just signed the papers. And uh, But yeah, man, it's 10,000 square foot glass, Private beach, infinity pool, gym, cinema. I mean, YouTube review room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did that cost? Just out of interest. Uh, three. Okay. Yes, sir. It wasn't horrible. Um, but I, I truly, Andrew, you know what Andrew said? He said, Justin, I'm telling you, give it five years. It'd be worth six. Mm. Is that for US? Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, and when do you uh, take the keys? 2025. Oh, really? So yeah. it's off plan, well off plan at the moment. Oh, yeah. It's a whole development. It's called okay. the Lagoons. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks really nice. So they've got like Malta and they've got Spain. And yeah, they're recreating the Mediterranean. Yeah, we live fantastic. in Venice. Oh, you bought Venice. Yeah, Venice. that looks lovely. Oh, man. Right, it's so what is this kind of like a palm thing? That's how, saw, is it a man made yeah, structure? Of, I it's thought it got scrapped. No, 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 no. Is that, is that the world? That's the world that got oh, right, okay. Right. Yeah. No, Lagoon, Lagoons is real, man. Yeah, a lot of it's sold out, isn't it? Oh yeah, you can't like you can't get it now. Yeah, it's gonna be all locked up, gated up. Yeah. But it's like there's outdoor movie cinemas. They're yeah. grow, they're growing coral reefs. Yeah, I've in the neighborhood this. to snorkel. <laughs> wow, it's retarded. It's retarded. And being in Venice, Venice is the is the peak neighborhood. You get a pass to all the amenities and all the other neighborhoods oh, in the nice. village. It's bad boy. There's gonna be malls. Like you don't have to leave. Mm. You would never have to leave. I, I think I think it's going to be a hell of a hell of a. Yeah, I saw it. I, I picked, picked up some brochures on it actually. Yeah, absolutely yeah. honest with you. So yeah. well, I so think we're going to do it. Well, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? But <laughs> the wife does love it here. You know, we'll have to join the reality here. show. Be neighbors with you, bro. Yeah. Please do, bro. I, look, we'll start a new show. Yeah. We'll start a new show called the Neighbor Show. Well, we'll we start could be it like in this. Different countries in, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the yeah. lagoon. Yeah. We? No bullshit. You're moving in Venice. I got my guy on my phone, bro. I, yeah. I'll hook you up. Like. A friend yeah, of mine I, I think you'd have to convince mum, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's, that's a friend cool. of mine works for Demac, so but but that's the thing anyway. Though if you're going to buy, it's a winter. It's a it's a it's a uh, it's a winter home, right? Mm. Yeah. Definitely. So, so where do watches come into it for you? Are they investments? Do you just buy them? <sighs> Jewel got me into watches, man. Satoru got me into watches, um, and so yeah, I've started a little collection. I I respect the fact that they they, you know. They stay up with inflation. Mm. This one is Nico my, got me is my into watches. Yeah, Day Day right Olive, now. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's good for my skin tone. It's probably my favorite one right now. So I'll probably keep buying watches. I kind of look at watches like I look at gold. Mm. Rolex, I do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, watches are just, I, I guess it's just another way to diversify. It, it, the way that Jewel would explain it, he's like, listen, you could be on the border, need to get out of the country and be like, hey, I got this watch right here. Fly me out of here kind of mm. type thing. So, and, and, and I think it's, it's a cool thing to have. It's a cool, you know, hobby to have, I guess, is 
watches. So how many do you have? Uh, I only have three, you know. Now, this one cost me 75 Wow. So uh, I probably overpaid for it, but it's a long-term game. No, it's gone down a lot, but I'm sure it'll come back up. Yeah, I wouldn't say you overpaid. You I'm, just paid what it was worth at the time. Right, and, it, and the game's new to me, and I wanted it, so I bought it. You know, and and that's the goal. It's like choice, right? Freedom. Like, hey, I like that watch. I didn't, I didn't even really look. I mean, it was. I think it was seventy four when I bought it or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, obviously when well, we paid was, for it, it's pounds, so I don't know yeah. exactly what it was in dollars. But yeah, so I bought it and okay, why? What's it going to be worth in five years? It's just like anything else, commodity. And I trust Rolex. That brand is not going away. This is so. a sixtieth anniversary limited edition as well with the olive dial. Is it? So because it's an anniversary, I would expect that it would appreciate more. Kaiser um, Pro and watches I'm not, now. I'm not. How about um, stocks? Do you invest in stocks? I've been investing in, I have an Edward Jones advisor. I've been doing $500 a month since I was like 26. Yeah. Just what, into an index fund or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I don't even look at it. I just get, it, it auto drafts up my account. And that should be the way it is. Yeah. Just yeah. off it goes, always goes. Yes, sir, I completely don't need agree. To look at it. Because like, it, like, ultimately, it's kind of gambling. And there's more lies told in an Excel spreadsheet from companies than any other place in the world. So... You know, my guy, I was the best man in his wedding. He lives in my neighborhood back home. We live in a big country club back in Louisiana. And um, and I trust him. And if I get a 5% return and hedge inflation, it's, it's just an insurance policy. Mm. Like, there, I, I don't... I call it my safety net. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's, there's no way that I'm going to look at putting money into the stock market and think on on any planet that I can't go start a business tomorrow and I'll earn it in a few months. Mm. There's no way because I know what I can do and I don't even have control over those companies, right? That's a long-term play. It's an insurance fund. It's a safety net. Mm. 100%. I think it's something that young men should do immediately because of the way interest compounds. Absolutely. The younger, the better. Even yeah. if it's 100 bucks a month, I think somebody should do it. And and maybe maybe they should do it themselves and, and just put it into you know, the main companies and save those fees. Cause I think those fees add up. It's just the guy's my best friend. I don't really care that much. You know, like I'm paying attention to things that are giving me big returns. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even notice the money leaving my account. So how much money do you think you need to actually start investing in real estate? Because that's something I, I've done watches, stocks, um, but not real estate yet. I don't, I, I don't like to put a limit on telling a young man or young lady that they shouldn't start even with no money. What I truly believe for myself though, is I wanted to get at least a quarter million I could spend. And then I got to the point where the business blew up where it was like a million, whatever, right? Um, because then it turns into finding the deal. And I think finding the deal is actually the hardest part. Mm. You know, especially like right now, I looked at a deal yesterday, it was 1.2 million. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, it was 2.2 million for 24 units right down the street from my office. And when they sent me the photo of the team, because we have like a little real estate team, I was like, I know that building. I like I've driven that property. I think they flipped it. Um, they were showing it at an eight cap. And I'm like, there's no way it's an eight cap. And they ran. They were looking at the performance number. So they requested the expenses and the rent rolls, et cetera. And it was like it was like a five something, you know. And I said, cool, we'll offer at a six point five to a seven. We'll raise the rents. And over a few years, you know, it'll be fine. I look at real estate as a long term play anyway. Kind of like because it's super not exciting, yeah. You know, that, it's a long true. term play. I always yeah. say it's got to be a minimum seven years plus if you're gonna absolutely have, a, have real estate. Minimum. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree. You get out you with go it a before cycle. that, you're gonna not make any money anyway, right? 
Right. I completely agree. And then, and then, and then I don't even like the idea of selling so much mm. because then you have to recapture the depreciation. So all that depreciation you got, well, why, why do that? And then why pay the capital gains when you could just pull loan to value loans yep. at 1% or something crazy and, and just live your life and then die. That's why they call it buy, borrow, die. Buy, borrow, die into a trust until your kids that are smart enough to build the legacy. The end. You know? Because we have disagreements on property. But the only reason we have disagreements on property is because obviously for the legacy, yeah, great. That's no problem. But for me to borrow really long term now at 55, I, I sort of don't want to do that on my parents. The thing is I don't want to tie too much of my cash up when I could use it in a business. Like you said, like I, I have full control over that and I can make mo much more money rather than investing in real estate. But I understand the need to invest young, like you said as well, to build right. the, the properties. Whereas dad wants to put a lot of money down together, whereas I would rather leverage more. Yeah, it's Respectfully, I, I like this plan a bit better. And the reason why I like it a bit better is a lot of people start business and they try to go raise a bunch of money, but it kind of makes them, it makes them wasteful and lazy. I like the idea of starting a, money, a business with almost no money and hustling the equity up and then securing apps. Like no matter what, you're fucking rich. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I just shove money into real estate and be like, shit, I'm broke again. Let's go mm. start some business. You know, let's go drum it up. And it's like this little trick you can play on yourself, right? But, um, Whereas recently I shoved all the money, like a lot of money anyway, into hiring new people, new cameras, you know, investing in that versus I probably spent over a hundred thousand. I could have bought a property or something instead. Right. Well, 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 maybe you're set up now. So yeah. you also, what's really important. I got asked this on a podcast recently is like, how do you make your first hundred? I said, don't worry about how to make the first hundred. Worry about building the machine that spits you out a hundred every month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so since you've done that now, you've built this machine that's going to keep paying you. You're going to keep doing these shows. You're having all these people come on. You have all this momentum. You're going to keep getting paid from that investment. But when you get that money, I say shove it into real estate for yeah. sure. So that's the next step. For then. sure. Yeah. And the reason I don't like selling, are you wanting to sell? No, definitely You want not. to hold, right? Yeah, hold. Hold yeah. forever. Yeah, hold forever. I, yeah. I like buying. I like buy it, hold it, yeah. die, borrow yeah. against it, but die. Yeah, yeah. And, and never and never recapture the depreciation. You know, take the cash flow, let it go to the moon and just hold it. I, yeah. I'm very like, and I don't even like the idea of like flipping, like flipping as like, I know guys that flip houses, but yeah. that, that is a job. That's a business. It's, mm. it's not investing in real estate. No, I think the, the flipping model should really be, well, the way I look at it is flip one, keep one, flip one, keep one. Right. You know, and you know, one funds the next one that you can keep. And that seems to work, I think quite well. Yeah. I like because generally when you're talking about flip, we're talking about, you know, a single family home or yeah. duplex or something. I like flip, 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 buy an apartment building. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Good. Then you get, then you get to, cause it's just a business, right? Then you get to raise the rents. Then you get to do separate meters. Then you get to squeeze the profit out of that property that, that old man bought in 82 and he's just done. He doesn't want to manage it anymore. He hadn't raised the rents in five years. Yeah. There's all this meat on the bone and all you're, all I'm trying to do when I'm buying a property from somebody that's older and tired, because we try to get pocket deals, like we look up properties and dire directly get in touch with them. Like, I'm just trying to make sure it doesn't go to those kids in a trust. Fuck his kids. <laughs> Fuck them. You it's need going it to for my your kids. kids. Yeah, that's right. And that lazy son of a bitch is sitting on a beach in Florida and I'm over there in the trailer park walking and knocking on doors, <laughs> making sure the toilet's flush. Fuck him. So do you that's see, how I look at it. Do you see business like a bit of a sport? Because like you're, you're getting very competitive. Oh about man. It. No, you know what? It, I don't even know if it's like me against the other guys so much as it just lights me up inside. Mm. 
I've is is very rare that I look at. I don't ever compare myself to anybody else. Really, I think that's why it's so easy for me to be friends with Tate. It just doesn't. It does. Like I know who I am, and and I think he loves me for that. You know, because I think a lot of people like he says he he compares himself to other people, but I think he's one of the most secure people I've ever met. I don't think he really does. Mm. You know, I I think he knows who he is. And he could have a hundred million less than he has, and he still would love us. And he always has. He's just that way, and I'm that way. And I just like the game of making money. Like yeah. I could talk. Like you could cut these cameras off. I'd had the conversation the same way. Yeah. I like the subject truly. Mm. Um, I just think it's fun. I just think it's a game. What about talking about the game? Yeah. Um, do you miss American football and college football? No, sir, I don't. Uh, not. It was very transactional for me. Because the only way I was going to be able to leave my small town is if I found a way to get out, and that was sports. Um, so that's what I did. I, I played football, baseball, basketball until my junior year, and then I started to find out that baseball scholarships are most often partial, unless you're just a crazy superstar. And then basketball, like, come on, I'm going to go play D7 basketball, some like junior high college. You know, like it wasn't going to work, right? So I played football, and I played Division One football, and – I got my school paid for, and I was, in fact, I always knew that it was quite transactional. I wasn't that guy on the last game of my senior year in high school that was, like, crying, taking off the pads. I'm like, bro, whatever. I'm about to go do this for another four years because it was a transactional decision for me. I wasn't that guy that was in love with the sport like that. It it was my ticket. It, It was the hand I was dealt. Yeah, You know, I could ball. You know, I was a good player. And so I did that, and, uh, and I was also following the route, again, this is 2005. YouTube was not what YouTube is now. I didn't have some dude screaming at me on the internet in sunglasses saying, you're a brokey. You know, I didn't have it. It wasn't, it wasn't a real thing, you know? So I did what I knew, and I went and studied construction management. And I didn't learn anything in the classroom. I learned a lot on the field, though. I had a really up-close and personal look at what business really looked like, what those coaches were going through, how their futures were on the back of a 19-year-old, and could he block that guy at Texas A&M? you know, and what that would mean if I didn't and what that relationship with that coach would be. So I learned a lot about life and business, kind of like I was talking to you earlier about like being in a household where you had a father as a leader. It was really indirect. So the more retrospectively now I was learning it, but I think that it made, it, it built a lot of character because it was attached to phys- very intense physical pain. So, which I think is something every young man should go try to find. Uh, because once you go through physical pain, you know, mental stress is a bit easier because you can say, look, I've been here physically before. And I think I think that's something really, really valuable that a young man can have. So did you make the decision to step back from football or was it made? For no, you? I, I love when people ask this question. You mean, like, why didn't I go to the NFL? Because mm. I wasn't fucking good enough. Mm. Would you why. like to have been good enough? Yeah, do you or wish do it went you that think way? that would be not no, where not you want to be? Looking at now, no. And you know what I think is scary and sad? is the guys that are just good enough to go to the league for like a year or two. Yeah. Their whole identity is tied up in it. Yeah. You and know, then gone. And they can't, yeah, and it's gone and they can't let it go. And they didn't, they didn't make any fucking money. Yeah, I've got know? some friends, uh, well, they made it to a premiership team, both of them. Um, but basically they got to 22. This on is uh, ma- soccer. Yeah, yeah soccer. Yeah, I get it. They made great money. And it was like, yeah, you're not going to quite make the grade. We're letting yep. you go. And that was it. And that it's over. Was, it's totally over because you can't even step down a league really because you've been at the top. Right. You don't want to. And the pay is so much different. 
Exactly. They're almost like those crypto kids as well. They, yeah. They've made it's the money very, very easily, Once, but then yeah. yeah, and then they can't make it again. They, that's why I talk about the machine, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't. I, I don't. I don't focus on the actual dollar amount. I focus on the machine that is printing money. And so, like the average NFL salary, I looked it up earlier this year. It was like two point two million. Well, fuck, I made well more, double that this mm. year, double. You know, and guess what? This year, I'm or last year I did that. This year, I'm gonna do even more. Well, the machine's still printing. Yes, sir. And and it's not age restrictive. So the older I get, the the more cunning I'm gonna be. The more years in the game I have, it's chess and business. And I think I think that's what's so beautiful about business is that, and what's so exciting about it is that I don't have to quit playing, and I don't ever plan to quit playing. I would die inside if I quit. I I, I was thinking about it the other day with my real estate and my business, or if I just cashed out, I would never have to work again. I might not. Well, I wouldn't. It was same here, right? But um, you don't, do you? No, you would die. You yeah, would die. Right. Andrew says depression isn't real. I'd be depressed. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd, I think he says clinical depression isn't yeah. real. I think, he, you know, when we talked a lot to him, he said, look, yeah, you can be depressed. Right. But That's being diagnosed yeah, as it's clinically bull, depressed it's is a bit of a problem. Yeah, I think that's driven by the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, well, man. there's big bucks there. Yeah, there's big money, man. <laughs> that's maybe another I should money have printing maybe machine. Maybe I should have started a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that 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 thing that's in us that wants to go out and conquer and wants to go out and build and develop, it becomes way less about money, really. Mm. And, and for me, it's not even about conquering other people. It's about conquering a task. It's about a challenge. About a climb, that makes it so exciting to me. I just, I just love it more than anything. So, so what's your um, mission with the social media climb that you're now pursuing? Yeah. So I'll tell you something Tristan shared with me that I think is one of the most impactful things that um, I've heard in quite a while is like in the beginning of your career, you get paid for what you do, what you do with your back and you push and you work and you work and you work and you eventually learn. So, and then you go into the second stage, you get paid for what you know, you've done this thing, you see how it works, you know how to manage people. And then if you really do it right and you want to go to a high, high level, you start to become to get paid for who you are. And this experience on YouTube and doing these podcasts is very, very new to me. However, what I've come to realize and notice from what Tristan said and just in actuality is that it's making everything in my everyday businesses so much easier. Normally, when you hire someone, it's kind of a mercenary thing. I'm going to come work for you, do as little as I can not to get fired and ask you to pay me more money. Now I have people coming to me that follow my brand and they actually want to work there. It's the best way to hire, isn't it? Like we're it's hiring, the only way. We're hiring people at the moment to be a thumbnail editor. Right, and, and they, they love, love you. It. Yeah, yeah, and, but like they love you. Of people. Yeah. They love you, mm. which is so impactful. I look, I do all these free AMAs all the time and give all this free advice and do all these free phone calls. Yes, they are free. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to get paid 100x on the people that are going to be in my companies working directly with me. Because if they'll pay to see me at an event, what will they do if I'll pay them to be a part of my life? Mm. Dude, it's a no-brainer. Mm. And it's completely wholesome. There's no deceit in it. I'm saying it right here in front of you. I will get some of the best talent in the world because of what I'm doing online. And it might not come from YouTube, but it'll come from the guy that's on that job site for me. It'll come from that guy that's checking out that property for me or managing that property or running the books or doing whatever business I'm running. 
for the legacy and we can all just grow together. But when you get people on the in the boat rowing in the same direction, truly rowing in the same direction, dude, you can take over the world, man. It's a powerful thing. I mean, Elon's yeah. a big, big advocate of that, isn't he? I mean, people yeah. go to work for Elon because it's Elon. That's right. They get paid considerably less at SpaceX than they would at NASA, but they want to work at SpaceX because of Elon Musk. Right. And 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 that's a really important thing that has really changed my perspective like when you ask me how they how the two brothers have changed mm. my life i think that would probably be the biggest one i Very think it's time for your final question Doug. the problem with my final question today is i know what the answer is going to be I, I know which as well is, which but is the first time asking this question that i know what you're going to say it might, yeah. might be slightly different it might be so we'll give it a go anyway i'll try to fuck it up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when is enough enough nah, you know that's never come on man and i knew that was coming yeah. right well thanks for watching guys so why is never enough enough because you have to quit playing the game and like we were talking about earlier with mountains the the two parts of success is climbing the mountain that's where the happiness is and that's where all the excitement is and the joy of growing but if you if you get to the top of the mountain, you have nothing to do but sabotage yourself back down. And I think that's the most dangerous place a man can be. It's going to be his darkest place, especially after success. In fact, I think that a man that is dirt poor, living in a trailer in South Louisiana, is happier than the man that got to the top and is sitting with booze and nothing to do. Mm. It's a dangerous place to be. That's a great extended answer. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much, much awesome. for coming on the Been podcast. Fantastic. Yeah, Thank great. you. Guys, I've enjoyed it. If you guys enjoyed, make sure to smash that thumbs up button for the YouTube algorithm. And we will see you next Wednesday with a brand new podcast. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from these guys. Laters. There you go. Thank you very much. Hopefully we hit a few different questions to what you normally ask about. It's so oh, difficult. Man,